Blog Talk Radio. Are you ready to awaken to the truth of your soul? Welcome to today's episode of the Nadia Khalil Morning Show with your host, Nadia Khalil. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to today's show. Today is December 5th. It is a Thursday. It has been a busy week. I couldn't even remember what day it was this morning when I woke up. I woke up and I'm like, okay, wait, is it Saturday? No, no, Saturday's not today. No, wait, what day is today? And I honestly couldn't figure it out for a minute. So it was it was pretty funny. I, I haven't had that, but it's been a busy week. So we're going to get on with Dream Team Thursday. We have a couple of dreams, and I keep getting these dreams from Chris Kip Woods, and they're interesting because he's facing life in a different realm. He's facing it sober now, and so all these cleanup dreams keep coming his way. I find them fascinating because they try to do two or three things every time we get to read one, and I have one today, and he says, hi, Nadia, hug. I had a dream that some that someone pushed an old man and he fell and hurt himself. Okay, that someone, not him. Okay, that someone pushed an old man and he fell and hurt himself. Then I got very angry and was shouting out, who pushed this man? Then the dream changed. I was looking at a baby and she was eating a chocolate biscuit. And I said, would you like a biscuit? And then an angel put his head over the baby and started to drop tears on the baby's face. And I said, no, no, don't make the baby cry. Then I was having a really long chat with you. And then you said, put your bare foot into this gel. So I put my foot into the gel and it molded into a stiletto shoe and I offered the shoe to you. That's it. Thank you. So here you have these three instances of helping or sharing the best part of you. It's like you're turning your world around from being helped to being a helper where you want to help other people. We have these dreams because I had one last night and I only remember like a couple of glimpses of it and I can't remember the whole thing, but it also is of a woman who is fighting for sobriety right now. Beautiful woman, good to people around her when she's not drinking, but when she is, she's really, really awful. And Now she's trying to help other people stay off. So, you know, that's part of the healing, right? So I'm I'm watching this brain. Forget who the brain belongs to. How when we heal ourselves or begin to heal, it's like, you know, you're never really completely done, right? We're here to face things. And then once we face them, We grow through them, and then we usually give back. It's a progression, and we don't even feel it happening, but it does happen to us. So as we learn to give back, 
it takes us further and further away from the problem in a good way. It makes us look at it as our past and not our present. So these dreams that Chris is having are pushing him out of his past and into the present, wanting to help, enjoying a baby. It's interesting that it's a baby because no matter what anybody says about babies, because they're little, they are a lot of work. You cannot imagine how much work it takes to have a baby. You do everything for them. You feed them. You change them. You clean them. You sit with them. You play with them. You teach them. And when they're a baby, we are hyper-focused on teaching. So the fact that you were able to see a baby and want to care for a baby tells you that you are ready to take on something that's going to need a lot of you to do. I remember when I had my kids, especially my firstborn, And I thought to myself, after a while of it, I said, wow, this is all I have to do. Because it was all I actually could do. But I had to bring myself to the present moment because if you don't, it's a very overwhelming place to be. Because you don't realize everything that you have to cut out of your life in the beginning to build another human being's life for a future that they can stand and that you can stand in and grow towards. And when that reality hits us, we're all in. Unless there's something really wrong, we're all in. So all that being said, Even just meeting me in your dream, the fact that I saw Christ, I don't talk about enough. And as we're rolling all this work out, I still don't talk about it in the beginning because we're rolling it out to people who know me right now. But also, we are going to roll it out to people who don't. And when we do, we will introduce in a greater sense, the Christ factor. I did three different master classes. It took me many dreams, like the one Chris has, of being able to come out and give back once I've learned what I learned. And I have been giving it back in real time. So for Chris to be able to face me in his dreams, Because by now, a lot of people have told me they dreamt I was in their dream. And and some people had angered, like, well, why were you in my dream? And I'm like, you're asking me? But over time, I started to know why. And it was because the person, that soul, has all their tools in line to face themselves. And it's funny that he dreamed that we put a mold into the foot and it made a shoe that he offered to me because he's telling me 
Even if you walk away, I will be okay. And this dream I was supposed to read last week, but I'm so glad that I did not. Because the Christ factor, the one thing, and I've been around and looking, all that's been shared with you, every time I open my mouth or write something, Christ is talking to us, not just to me, but to us. And over the years, there are some people that I have known either from the beginning, from the middle, and now a lot that I'm meeting that don't even know or are even aware of the fact that that is what's going on. Yet, in our dreams, even in our dreams, we are changing. We are growing into a better version of our worst thought. That any thought that comes to you that wants to nab at you and take you away, and then I get a dream, and even look at how your dreams, especially the ones who've been sending them in regularly, how they've changed over time. It is not me that's doing that. But what comes through me is, what I have towards everybody's soul. And when I can't help, it breaks my heart. And there's someone now in our lives that I can't even find, and I have to try to find her today because she's become MIA yet once again in our family. But I don't, I don't need control of others. I know that if this is going on today, it's going on for a reason. It's going on with a purpose behind it. And that purpose, somehow, even if it means you're leaving this earth today, is to bring your soul closer to God. Because when you have that bridge and you can walk across it, deep inside, when push comes to shove, you will know you could do it. Even if it's a silly dream to you and you think, yeah, well, I always wanted the hot air balloon. And then one day you just find yourself in a hot air balloon. Or you wanted to paint and you just find yourself going out to buy the canvas. Or you wanted to move and you find yourself with a for sale sign in front of your house. Or you wanted a new job and you find yourself starting to think and visualize and see without trying. It's not like you have to sit there and hum and, and make yourself visualize. It becomes a part of your fabric. In our cells, as many cells as we are, if someone took one cell out of you and looked inside of it and looked at all the data 
from the day you got here, from before you were here, from all of that, there would be a stronger spin because love is movement. When we feel that love, that purity towards ourselves, that is God in action. The hardest part for me to deal with when it came to God, when it came to seeing Christ, the hardest part was that I was okay. Once I got to that, I could at least go back to what I am okay. But it took Christ years to get me there. Just to feeling okay. Like, I'm okay. In my brain, at least, I'm like everybody else. Which was, before, all I was shooting for was to be like everybody else. And then I said, oh, this is what it's like to be like everybody else. Hmm. Now what do I do? Because I got here. Do I not grow for the rest of my life? But what happens after you are like everybody else? Now you start to grow to becoming who you are. You start to individualize. When, when Christ said, we are all the same, we are. We are all different, we are. And then we are all the same again. I wasn't even up to the thought process that we were all the same. That's where it took most of the work, was for me to feel as good as what I thought other people were, whatever that was. I wanted to feel part of the crowd because I never did prior. But then our gifts come out, or whatever it is that makes us tick, we find it, we live in it, we fight it, we grow in it, we work with it, and we start to discover who we really are. Not who we think we should be, but who we really are. And it doesn't have to be blockbuster big. It just has to be you. And then once you get that, once you start to see, hey, you know what? These are the characteristics that make up me. This is what I love to do. This is what I don't like. This is important to me. Feeling accepted is important to me. Or some people don't care, but then I always find out they did. They just acted like they didn't care. But that at the end of the day, we were all the same. That once we discovered who we were, we wanted to share that love and that learning. Every once in a while in our lives, I call it the big hideouts. We need to hide out because we're going through so much growth 
that interacting with other people almost feels overstimulating. But once we get where we're going or we learn that lesson or we start to put our pieces together and they start working, then we start wanting to see people again. It's like an ebb and flow in life. And the beauty of doing this show was that even when I was going through those ebb and flows, and you may have too along the way, this was always here. I did it every day, no matter what. And whatever I was ebbing from or flowing through, I shared with you. So what is the power of that? The power of that is that love propels. When you see and feel and hear another person who is acknowledging their reality, whether they like it or not, you will acknowledge your reality, whether you like it or not. Because you would say things to yourself in your mind, yeah, you know, I'm going to have a bad day. But I'm also going to have a good day. I'm going to have a bad dream. But it's not really what it sounds like, is it? It's my brain taking out the trash. I woke up scared. But I always say, especially to my kids or their friends when they tell me, What goes on in their dreams? And I say, well, it's better outside of you than in you because it was in you and it's part of that makeup in your little selves and it will affect your decisions. The fact that you were ready to release that in your dream tells you you no longer need it. As a result of pushing and pushing year after year, because it's been now many years, we're not at 20 yet, but we're, we're going towards 18 at this point. But the beauty of that is that over time, I have become very sensitive to negative. Not scared of it. I can handle it with my eyes closed at this point. But I'm sensitive to it. I don't want it around. If it's even inching towards me and I can see where the person's going and where they want to engage me in a drama of some kind that belongs to them, that's theirs to work out, I just give it right back to them. I do not keep it. I used to accept it because I wanted to change the world by making everybody happy. Because that's what I thought people wanted. When people started fighting me (laughs) for their happiness, I said, oh, wait a minute. There's no physical way I would have time to do all of that. God, help me. Help me figure out 
how to reach out where people can accept what you are trying to say. He's not trying. He's saying it. I'm the one who's trying to deal with it. So when I get dreams that sound like they're a silly majpaj of things, but yet each situation in the dream is about helping others, I know that no matter what the circumstances are in that human being's world or in their life, that if that's what they're dreaming about, that their life is prepared not preparing, prepared to take on their personal next level. There isn't someone on this earth, me included, that is more evolved than another soul. Every soul is as evolved as they personally need to be to be who they are to come here to do what they're doing or have done. Every single soul. The only difference between us is the awareness that we ran across in our lifetime. Because once we're aware of something, we can share it, do it, see it, feel it. But when we're not aware, then we just don't know what we don't know. It doesn't make us better than anybody. I personally, those little videos you see, I'm mortified when I get a call and they tell me, Nadia, do a video. I end up filming them in the clothes I'm going to wear to the gym because I don't have time to change. I would like to have my hair different, but I pull it back every day. and That's just me every day. And I thought to myself, oh, I dread their phone calls every time they call because I don't like promoting myself. And Christ said, you're not promoting yourself. There's nothing of you to promote. And it actually kind of made me laugh because he was right. I'm promoting you. I'm promoting you. When I first saw Christ, and it's coming up a lot now, but this is when I first saw him, and I had no idea what kind of money I would make what kind of people I would run across, if anyone would believe me or not. I didn't even get that far in my thinking. But I did say to him that every penny I make from this, that's profit, I am going to use to help people. I don't want it. Not because money's good or bad. But money is a tool. We can do things with money, like help each other. We can feed each other. We can help families stay together. 
We can help couples stay together so that families stay together. We can get people things that they need that they don't have. We can try to build a world that allows people a chance to have the things they need. We shouldn't be in a world where people don't have their necessities. There's a lot we can do. So today I wanted to build a bridge from our night dreams to our daydreams to the things that we want to see in our world. Yesterday, I wanted to watch the impeachment hearings. For those of you who are not in the U.S., it's become a circus. And while I was watching it, and I'm not invested in either side. What I am invested in is watching the faces of people when what they're going to do is predictable because that's ego. And I had it on. I've been watching it the whole time. I'm fascinated by the back and forth and by the reporting. If you watch two different stations, you are in two different realities. And okay, that's like the common news. But yesterday, I turned it on after the radio show. And I got this feeling in my body, like it was shaking. And that happens to me when something's really, really wrong. It's like my elbows go weak, the back of my knees go weak. And I thought, oh my God, this, this must really be like what anxiety feels like. And what happened? I felt that feeling and could not get rid of it. And still, I was riveted and kept watching. And I watched people who no longer cared about anything that was or resembled truth. I watched people get ridiculed for their life's work, put down, called names. And I thought, man, this is worse than watching high school students behave. But then I remembered Christ again. The world will be black or white. And it will split in two. We have split in two. It's, it's, it was already in Origins of Truth. We just didn't know what it was going to look like. But the two languages, love and the lack of love, are existing side by side. And we're watching the looks on both sides' faces completely either enamored with themselves Or completely bewildered how the other people cannot see the truth or will not see the truth. But we also know that it is by choice. It is by choice. And that's the fascinating part to me. 
that it is by choice. And watching the choices that people make and watching the answers that they give, I have been looking at it like a bad dream that all the ugly has to be seen before it can be dealt with. On either side, whatever the intentions are of the participants, doesn't matter who they are right now, they just all look like participants to me, no matter what side they're on. Trying to fight for what's right, whatever anyone thinks that is, has been fascinating. That anxiety set the pace for my whole day. But instead of letting it get me, I said, let me go do something I love to do. And then I got a call to make a tape, a videotape. And I'm like, oh, let me do that first so I can do what I need to do or, or wanted to do to help myself. And I went and I started baking. And I said, thank you, God. I think my meditation is a spatula in my hand. And I made cornbread and I made these keto brownies that were made out of no flour, by the way, with um, Oh, what was the recipe? Almond butter and monk fruit sugar, which doesn't count as sugar calories in your body. And I was so happy with myself that I walked away from letting the ill will, wherever it was coming from, I gave it an escape route. Just like our dreams in our nighttime. I did that with my daytime. So we are so capable that let's take our daydreams and give them life. I think it just told me I have 10 seconds. I love you guys, and I will see you tomorrow. Bye-bye. You have been listening to today's Daily Dose of the Nadia Khalil Morning Show. To learn more, visit www.nadiakhalil.com.